You are listening to a Banzai Retro Club podcast. Language and topics may not always be appropriate for younger listeners. Press 1 for a groovy topic from the 1970s. Press 2 for an awesome topic from the 1980s. Or press 3 for a slamming topic from the 1990s. Please choose now. Too late. We have made your selection for you. Let's start the show. Hey, it worked. Love it. Yay! Always like when technology hooray for, does yeah, what it's for to working do. equipment. Yay! Yes. <laughs> I'm going to close my multiple tabs that had all of the discography open because I don't need that anymore. I have Google open so that I can be aware of whatever it is that's coming up next. So, uh, Suzanne, you are up. Okay. This is a something podcast. Retro Club, uh, and uh, what, what, we're, what we've been doing is um, we're putting together uh, our face as far as uh, icons go um, in our time period here, and we've decided to do uh, music ah. music icons at this point. Uh, so we're each kind of picking one, and I have uh, some of the team here, uh, including Dave. I, oh, sorry, I was just adjusting my cod piece. <laughs> <laughs> Jumping right in with the codpiece joke. <laughs> I, I, I want to waste we, no time. No time. Jeez. Oh, and and we have Rose also. Hey everybody. Hey. <laughs> I think maybe you were the first one to, to bring in the codpiece joke. So you know, let's right. get them out of our system. <laughs> <laughs> well, we want to get that uh, that Bonzi award. All right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Right. You can put it together the Bonzi Awards. Yep. <laughs> and then, you know, we have to entertain ourselves along the way here, people. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so the thing is that it's uh, it's my turn to um, to pick an icon. Uh, and well, Dave has uh, has made his pick, and he picked uh, Toad the Wet, Wet Sprocket uh, from the '90s, which is a little bit more of kind of an underground choice. Yeah. Um, what I decided to do though was really think about okay, when we if we want to talk icons, who do we really go with? Like, who is the face of the era that I like to 
talk about the most, which, you know, I'm more of a, an 80s girl too, Rose. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't, I mean, there, there are a lot of choices. I'm always torn, but, <laughs> but I think I'm going to go with uh, Deborah Harry from Blondie. Oh, wow. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. Good choice. Yeah, well, you know, it it was hard for me not to go with Chrissy Hind because, Mm -hmm. honestly, I think she's amazing. And maybe, like, talent-wise, a little bit more uh, of a rounded performer than Debbie Harry. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, but come on, when you think of the the 80s or even, like, the late 70s and 80s, the whole uh, punk and post-punk type of era... The face that comes up is is this face, is Debbie Harry and that blonde slash black hair <laughs> mm-hmm. and those cheekbones and, um, uh, you know, the tight little pants and the <laughs> those crazy kind of short outfits that she'd wear. And uh, I, I think that's kind of what the look of a of a new front woman uh that's what comes to mind. And I was completely uh, on board for that look too, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. She really was a, a very gorgeous girl. I mean, yes. she, she was, uh, she was a playboy bunny before she was, <laughs> before she was a singer. Uh, <clears throat> so, you know, you get, you don't get much more iconic than that. I mean, it's, it's kind of the, the brand. <laughs> um, but uh, in any case, uh, yeah, as far as um, her, her putting together this band with uh, with uh, Chris Stein, who they were they were a couple, um, I think they kind of led the way as as far as uh, especially for American bands, because if you think about it around this time, which um, this uh, I think they uh, put out their first album around 1976 mm-hmm. um, around this time. The scene was pretty much being led uh, by by Brits, by punks out in England, uh, and in that case, even Chrissy Hine just went over to England. She was she was doing shit with uh, with musicians over there, and um, you know, working at uh, Vivian Westwood and Malcolm McLaren's sex shop and uh, you know, clothing store, and you know, getting involved in all with all sorts of musicians over in England. Uh, as far as what was going on in the United States. It was, uh, it was Blondie and maybe a few other bands like the Ramones, the Talking Heads, maybe the B-52s. New York Dolls. Um, yeah, okay, New York Dolls. They were, yeah, they were a little more like, I don't think they ever got a chance to ascend into pop unless you, uh, unless you count David Johansson's Hot 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 song. <laughs> no, I was, I was honestly thinking strictly, you know, just punk because of, yeah. you okay. know, a lot of their early stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And uh, let's see. When uh, I think if I try and think of a of an album that had a huge impact on music, I think that Parallel Lines was, is probably it. That's just the album, I think, that issued a lot of this stuff into the limelight as far as, uh, you know, getting it on all different types of, of radio stations. And maybe it was due to the fact that Hey, she was just a beautiful girl, and people wanted to look at her, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you put a face like that on a record, and you know, in a body like that, and a little slip dress, <laughs> and people are gonna say, "Hey, who's that?" And they're gonna, you know, they're gonna take notice. 
But, you know, if that's what it takes, what the hell? <laughs> Do you mind if I ask you a question? Yeah, sure. The Well, I mean, looking at kind of the timeline of things, it, mm-hmm. and I'm not that fluent with kind of like who came first and, you know, the, the genre of things. But, I mean, looking at, you know, that, like you said, Parallel Lines was 1978. So was Debbie mm-hmm. Harry, was she really the – the kickstart of women of rock movement, you know, that would, you know, blend into the Pat Benatars and the Joan Jets, or were they basically doing things at the same timeline? Uh, she might've been a little earlier. Okay. Or at least, at least have a little bit more recognition a little earlier. I think that she was, she was one of the early bands who played at, uh, at CBGB's, Okay. Along mm-hmm. with the Talking Heads. Um, yep. Now, I couldn't really tell you. Maybe Joan Jett played there around the same time. I'm not really sure. Um, I'm pretty sure that her band. And when we talk about, when you talk about women of rock, you have to give a lot of credit to uh, to Joan Jett because her whole band was women, you know? Yeah, yeah Runaways. Yeah. Um, so maybe, I don't know that I would put Debbie Harry quite ahead of that because, you know, she was the only girl in the band. Okay. And even Chrissy Hunt, yeah, even Chrissy Hunt, like I said, I mean, Chrissy Hunt played played guitar. She was like a huge influence in the in the band, right? Uh, that she put together. So, um, I don't know that I want to make, I don't, I don't know that I want to choose between them. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I was just <laughs> trying to decide, fair. like, which, you know, was there really, you know, one that was kind of blazing, you know, uh, the scenes and being kind of the first, you know. Uh, you know, of their kind being, you know, a lead for, you know, a rock and roll band. Um, but you're right. You know, Joan Jett was kind of, was definitely, you know, in a different area because she had, you know, a, a whole band of, you know, females. So I was right, just curious. Right. I was just curious, you I know, think... timeline. If, if there was one that was, would you consider Debbie Harry a trendsetter is what I was trying to get at. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that would, absolutely. But that doesn't mean that other people weren't, setting similar trends at the same time. Right. You know, that's just where the industry was going. And I think what I know of Joan Jett and the, and the Runaways, I think they were a little more um, manipulated by, like, a manager who threw them together or okay. threw a couple of the girls together and said, hey, this one plays Sandy Weston, plays drums. Why don't you hook up with her? And then here's here's Cherie, who's, you know, now going to sing for you. And here, sing the song. And he'd sing, like, half the lyrics of the song, and they would make – you know, make that their signature song. And so I kind of feel like they were a little bit more put together than, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, then they ran with it, obviously, you know, they were all very talented. Um, Whereas I think Debbie Harry and Chrissy Hine were were more out there, you know, shaking a tail feather and hooking up with this one, that one, the other one to create a, create their own music or to get into a, a, a band with, with talented people, you know, on their own. Sure. Um, that makes sense. And what kind of a wacky life that was. But as far, <laughs> but as far as, like, like I said, as far as being just iconic and, and almost image wise, um, she had an, an association with, with uh, Andy Warhol. He just loved her and did all sorts of like pictures, you know, Polaroids that are now really famous of, of her and, paintings and such with all his neon colors and things. Um, so I think she was everywhere. She, you know, like she was art. She was an image more so than some of these other 
uh, women, which uh, does that make her better music wise? I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I would say that. Does it make her more the face of this movement as far as women go? Well, maybe, maybe I would say, yeah. And that maybe that's why I would choose to talk about Blondie instead of, you know, instead of a couple of the other women we just mentioned. Okay. So, so, uh, favorite songs, anybody or albums or moments? <laughs> go ahead, Russ. Oh, okay. Um, so just to kind of piggyback on the whole uh, women front lead singer for bands, I mean, I I think to me it kind of started with, you know, women like like Hart and, you know, people like that were like, even though they were rock, you know, it was still mm-hmm. something that was unusual, you know, to see, you know, a, a woman, you know, like a front person, I guess you would call it. You know, and perhaps every every genre felt like, okay, well, we, we need we need women out there in front with our guys. That let's let's put this together. Let's let's get this genre going, and let's get this genre going. Because uh, if you recall, uh, Parallel Lines when it came out and Heart of Glass hit the charts, there were a lot of unhappy people out there that felt like they Blondie sold out because they were disco. about that too that people considered that a little bit more of a of a disco tinged yeah. song in but, retrospect you know, i don't think so but it's no at the it was, time, yeah i i thought it was great i honestly thought you know because this is what you know the music industry you know gets uh condemned for and applauded for at the same time you know when you have a band that's you know goes and uh they come out with a sound and everybody's like, Oh, I like the sound. I like the sound. This is a great sound. Oh wait, they just changed. I don't know if I like this sound. <laughs> Meanwhile, you know, in the real world, people are going, Oh, did you see that band that I used to hate before? Now they make this other, this sound great. Don't they? I really like the sound that they've got going, you know? So it's just like, you're not going to please everybody all the time, but yet you become a well-rounded musician and, mm you know, in your craft and you just keep pushing on because that's what it's all about. If you're making music, you're not making it to please people. You're making music because that's what you're born to do. Yeah. Wow. And if you're out there doing it, well, but if you're out there doing it to make me make money and please people, you, uh, well, I'm sorry. That's, that sounds, that sounds like a sellout (laughs) to me. 
you know. Uh, uh, but anyway, off the soapbox, back into <laughs> back into the uh, Parallel Lines is, as Suzanne said, the great album. Uh, Hanging on the Telephone, great song. Picture this. Sunday Girl is probably one of my favorites off of this, as well as Heart of Glass. But um, I love Debbie Harry. Debbie Harry, just herself, she uh, had such a um, very unique look at the world. and But she was a very traditional person, too. She actually got – she stopped performing when her husband got sick. And she stayed with him to take care of him. Oh, you I mean, know, I, I do remember that. That was late in her Yeah, that career. was later. And it almost as if, you know, that was like a, a really good choice for her. You know, she just said, hey, this is this is the priorities is important. You know, it's like I'm, I'm maturing now. I've, I've done everything I wanted to do for right now. And I need to do this kind of a thing. And um, another thing that she did. And I don't know. I keep telling people this. Nobody ever remembers. There was this uh, HBO show. It was a special called Mother Goose Rock and Rhyme. And uh, there was a lot of iconic like TV show uh, people in it and musicians and whatnot playing all different characters. Gene Stapleton played Mother Goose. And then uh, it was just a really cute little thing but it was more geared towards grown-ups than it was kids although my kids liked it for the sarcastic humor but <laughs> Debbie Harry played the old woman in a shoe and she, she was hysterical I was just like oh my god she'd be like the last person you would think would be in a children's program to me you know because she you know exudes a lot of confidence and you know sexuality is just very prevalent when very unique person and you like you like you said she's extremely gorgeous so here you are you're watching the show and all of a sudden here's debbie harry sitting in a rocking chair uh-huh. complaining about all the kids and she doesn't know what to do with them and <laughs> asking, i don't think i saw that although it sounded uh, really familiar yeah, i think i remember was, hearing about it yeah it was super cute and we watched it 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 ran on HBO for a while until it didn't, you know, how they early yeah. days of cable, you know, it was just like, let's beat a dead horse and well, it would just drop it off the face of the earth. You know, I but, saw her on the Muppet. I saw a clip of her on the Muppet show singing with Kermit the Frog once. I almost died. Uh, it, was, it was the best. Oh, it was yeah. the best. I don't. I, Kermit got all the the best chicks. Yeah. He did. <laughs> yeah true it's true and when she's not singing rock and roll she had a very uh different voice i mean she had that that very ethereal voice mm-hmm. um and i don't know it, it sounded very different outside of the realm of guitars and such so yeah interesting yeah. very interesting but it, it was cute it was cute for her to take that step into you know puppethood <laughs> yeah yeah, they get you sooner or later. <laughs> One way or another, let's say. Mm-hmm. Hey, there you go. <laughs> yeah, and that, I think that's my favorite <laughs> song of theirs. And yeah. that, I mean, if you're going to accuse somebody of, of selling out, it's hard to say somebody's selling out to disco when they have a song like One Way or Another on the uh-huh. same album with Heart uh, yeah. Glass. Yeah. So that is a, just a kick-ass 
song and it, it like scares you like the- <laughs> yeah that's yeah, right there. Yeah, it is friggin' awesome, but in a uh, very scary kind of way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that vocal is frightening, <laughs> but very powerful, very, very empowering. I will drive past your house, and if the lights are that's usually the first song that comes to brain my brain is call me um mm-hmm. and i don't know why but you know that's just you know uh the first thing but i know there's a lot of many other great songs you know like you guys already mentioned uh one way or another uh heart of glass i also love that song i know uh rapture was a good one tide is high so i mean mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot of great you know contributions that she's done and without you know like we talked about you know i i i do see that it it felt like her music changed a bit you know through the time period but as you know rose you know was very you know smartly said was you know i mean you put out what's right for you and you know if you put it out there and everybody gobbles it up then you know great if not then you just put it out there because that's what you're meant to do uh, so I get that. I understand, uh, you know, why, you know, you know, why somebody's, you know, musical, you know, music would blend with the times, you know, because they might be experimenting, mm-hmm. trying things out, you know, and you can't fault somebody mm-hmm. for that. It's true. And when they did that rap rapture song, um, that was because they were kind of getting involved with uh, hip hop artists and such and wanted to give it a shot. Now, I don't think that's much of a rap song, but. It supposedly is known as the first rap song to hit, um, you know, to, to chart at number one, um, which, which I think is kind of silly, but at least it's an interesting little footnote and shows that, yeah, they were at least trying different things and, you know, playing with their um, with their format, I guess. Um, but, you know, so why not? I, I think that's probably one of their weaker songs because the, the lyrics just get really silly. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah. I bought that album. I had the, I had the album. <laughs> There's some other fun things on there. Yeah, yeah. There's some yeah. fun things on there. Um, and when it comes to to call me, you know what I think of? Mm. It was it was on the soundtrack for American Gigolo. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I it's still in my that head. Movie a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I still I still in my head see Richard Gere every time that song comes out. Yeah. <laughs> And by the way, thank you for bringing up the fact that she was in Playboy. I'd forgotten that little tidbit, and I just Googled, 
in in a word, hot. So hmm. <laughs> well, you know, I, I I said she was well, she was a waitress at the club. She okay. was a Playboy bunny. Um, if uh, if she was in the magazine, that's another thing. I, I um, found black I and white photo of her. So. Uh oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> my 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 Google skills mean? are amazing when it comes to that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> good job then. Yeah, <laughs> right, brother. That's that saved by the bell. <laughs> don't want to go. You don't want to go down that tangent, huh? Okay. Uh oh. Scott, where are hey, you, buddy. Scott? Yeah. <laughs> tangent. I need, you, need you, buddy. I need you, buddy. <laughs> and the greatest tangent goes to. No. Okay. Well, that's uh, probably around where we should wrap it up. I, I maybe <laughs> wanted to <laughs> wanted to say one more thing because we were as we're talking about you know women in rock and who were the kind of the trailblazers. Um, maybe I should just say let's not leave out Pat Benatar because. Oh. Yeah, as far as just vocal, just vocal ability and and range, Pat Benatar was amazing, mm-hmm. and yeah. I don't think too many other people could touch her, you know, as far as what she was able to do with her voice. So, so let's uh, tip our hats as we're you know talking about this uh, this genre, and uh, yeah, and thanks to Debbie for all the all the amazing images of the. <laughs> And music of the 80s so absolutely uh okay well in that case uh we do like to remind everybody that we're uh we're out there and you can uh, continue listening to us on uh on podbean and uh, leave a review and uh, do some downloads that kind of thing um there's also a website at bonsairetroclub.com uh i have a website at suzannematabone.com and uh, everybody's on Twitter. We we have a lot of fun with all the podcasters there. Uh, so you can um, you can reach Dave via the uh, at Bonsai Retro Club. I am Suze Mataboni, and uh, Rose, you are '80s girl, '80s music 80s. girl. Sorry. Yes, ma'am. No. And Dragons Rose Red. Mm-hmm. And Scott, who couldn't be with us today, is uh, '80s Auto Reverse. Uh, so. I guess that kind of wraps up uh, Debbie Harry and uh, everybody remember to be excellent to each other and party on dudes <laughs> and, <laughs> and goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. This has been a Bonsai Retro Club production. Banzai, Daniel Zan! Hey, Banzai!